This is Michael Cohen, and you're listening to the Mayor Culpa Podcast. Well, they're back, folks. The Trump indictment train is about to make its next stop in Atlanta, and as soon as August. According to a report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis submitted a letter on Thursday to government officials that hints at a several-week block in August when an indictment against Donald Trump may come down. The report states Willis informed Fulton Superior Court's chief judge, Ural Glanville, that a substantial number of her staff will not be in the office for a period of 10 days during a three-week period up to August 18th. She wrote, and I quote, This remote work will reduce the number of Fulton County District Attorney's Office staff in the Fulton County Courthouse and Government Center by approximately 70%. With the AJC's Tamar Hallerman adding that Willis and her closest advisors and armed investigators will be the only ones on hand in the office. According to the report, those dates coincide with dates when the grand jury investigating Donald Trump and his close associates' attempt to tamper with the 2020 election results will be convening. In the letter, which was first reported by the New York Times, Willis also requested that Fulton judges not schedule trials and in-person hearings during the weeks of August 7th and August 14th, the report states. The letter is yet another strong signal that Willis is planning to seek charges against major players who aggressively questioned Georgia's 2020 election results, including Trump. Willis previously told local law enforcement officials to be ready for heightened security and preparedness between July 11th and September 1 because she predicted her indictment decisions might provoke a significant public reaction. With security concerns about the looming indictments in such a high-profile investigation weighing on county officials, Ms. Willis said that she would reduce staffing in her office by 70% and rely on remote work on days when grand juries were in session from July 31 to August 18. She said that there would be exceptions to the remote work plan, including my leadership team and all armed investigators. Well, last year, Ms. Willis wrote to the Atlanta field office of the FBI asking for a risk assessment of the county courthouse in downtown Atlanta and for the agency to provide protective resources to include intelligence and federal agents. She noted in the letter last year that Mr. Trump had called the prosecutors investigating him vicious, horrible people during a Texas rally in January of 2022 and called for protests in cities where he was being investigated. His recent criminal indictment in New York City on charges related to hush money payments made to a porn star took place largely without incident and I'm personally thankful for that. Armed pro-Trump protesters appeared around the Georgia State Capitol a number of times in the weeks after the 2020 election, as Mr. Trump and his allies made false accusations of electoral fraud. On at least one occasion, armed counter-protesters were also in the streets. 
Miss Willis, who has had some staff members outfitted with bulletproof vests, is clearly concerned about the potential for unrest after any indictments in the Trump inquiry. In a letter sent to the local sheriff last month, she wrote of, and I quote, the need for heightened security and preparedness in coming months due to this pending announcement. In January, Ms. Willis said that charging decisions in the investigation were imminent. But her timetable has been delayed, in part because a number of witnesses have sought to cooperate as the investigation has neared an end. At least eight of the Georgia Republicans who served as alternate presidential electors in 2020 have accepted immunity deals with the Fulton County DA's office in exchange for their testimony. Trump's defense team is terrified because of the ample evidence against the former president, as well as the fact that Trump is scheduled to speak at the state's GOP convention in June. The gathering will bring together more than 1,000 Republican activists from across the state, with Democrats captured in the last presidential race for the first time in almost three decades. Georgia is one of a small handful of states that both parties view as competitive on the 2024 electoral map. A divide over Trump has caused enduring fissures among state Republicans as Governor Brian Kemp and other key officials tried to steer the party away from the former president. Even as they promote that vision, the state GOP has emerged as a key bastion of his most ardent supporters. That's partly because it's led by David Schaefer, a former state senate leader who won the GOP chairmanship in 2019 after narrowly losing a runoff for lieutenant governor. In 2022, Schaefer openly supported Trump's back challengers to Republican incumbents, angering many mainstream leaders and their supporters. He also could face charges in the Fulton County probe for helping to engineer the pro-Trump fake elector slate. The fact of the matter is that Trump's big lie is causing major blowback against the entirety of the GOP the longer that they hang on to Trump. But this is just the tip of the iceberg. The party has been hijacked by far-right conservatives who believe that they own bullshit conspiracy. This is also evident in what happened on Thursday with Jim Jordan's so-called FBI whistleblowers who testified before a congressional subcommittee that the agency is being weaponized against conservatives have troublesome backgrounds. The select subcommittee on the weaponization of the federal government, which Jordan of course chairs, held a hearing to examine alleged abuses within the FBI. The House panel heard from two suspended FBI agents and one former agent who claimed that their employer retaliated against them for speaking out about the Bureau. In November, the imbecilic GOP lawmaker released a report on the FBI's alleged politicization, which was so fucking stupid that it quickly became the subject of ridicule. Republican leaders nevertheless rewarded Jimbo Jordan for his failure, making him the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee and putting him in charge of a new panel with a specific purpose, finding evidence of the government being weaponized against conservatives. 
The panel's first big anti-FBI hearing was an embarrassing, a fucking embarrassing display. And it was soon followed by revelations that the FBI whistleblowers, the Ohio Republican has been touting for months, weren't actually whistleblowers at all. And their recent behind the scenes testimony was literally unbelievable. Yesterday's hearing illustrated what happens when you put these fucking morons in charge of the government and allow them investigative power. The hearing came one day after the FBI said it revoked the security clearances of three agents who either attended the January 6, 2021 riot at the U.S. Capitol or espoused alternate theories about the Capitol attack, according to a letter that the FBI sent to the subcommittee. This is the way of the world right now with the GOP firmly in charge of Congress. And these frivolous fucking investigations will continue ad nauseum. So witness the latest salvo from asshole Senator Ted Cruz, who can't help but stick his fucking snout into the culture wars with his new investigation into Bud Light. So to briefly summarize, as part of a promotional campaign tied to the NCA March Madness basketball tournament, Bud Light partnered with Dylan Mulvaney, a trans woman with a prominent social media profile. She posted a harmless and lighthearted Instagram video, which led conservatives to lose their fucking minds. Apparently, much of the right doesn't believe trans people should be involved in promotional campaigns, especially with beer companies. What followed was a surprisingly intense effort on the part of the right to effectively cancel Bud Light, complete with boycotts and social media videos featuring conservatives pouring beer down drains. All of which appears to have piqued the interest of Cruz and Senator Marsha Blackburn of Tennessee, who should personally be ashamed of themselves. The Hill reported that Senator Ted Cruz opened and called for an investigation into Anheuser-Busch over its collaboration with transgender influencer Dylan Mulvaney, saying that the company was potentially marketing its products to a younger audience through the partnership. Now, according to a letter Cruz and Blackburn sent to Brendan Whitworth, the Anheuser-Busch CEO and chairman of the Beer Institute, Bud Light may have violated existing guidelines that prevent beer companies from promoting their products to younger audiences. And here I quote, We would urge you, in your capacity at Anheuser-Busch, to avoid a lengthy investigation by the Beer Institute by instead having Anheuser-Busch publicly sever its relationship with Dylan Mulvaney publicly apologize to the American people for marketing alcoholic beverages to minors and direct Dylan Mulvaney to remove any Anheuser-Busch content from his social media platforms, the far-right senators wrote. So, my friends, let's unpack this. First, Cruz and Blackburn misgender Mulvaney throughout their correspondence, apparently because they believe it's wrong to treat trans people with respect. Then second, the Republicans seem convinced that Bud Light marketed alcoholic beverages to minors, despite the obvious evidence to the contrary. But the truth is they don't give a shit. They're just going to say what they want. And third, 
Cruz ran to, well, of course, where else? Fox fucking news to celebrate himself for daring to tackle the big challenges facing the nation, such as a March Madness ad featuring a social media influencer and senator doesn't like because of her gender identity. I mean, it's a safe bet that a fundraising campaign will soon follow. And finally, Cruz and Blackburn seem to believe that they're initiating an actual investigation. Their letter to Anheuser-Busch CEO said Bud Light partnership with a trans influencer warrants detailed oversight by Congress. No, seriously, that's what it said, I'm not bullshitting you. And to that end, the senators made a series of document requests. And only in the GOP, folks, only in the fucking GOP. And now for the main event. Today we welcome back my good friend Brooklyn Dad Defiant, or simply BDD. Me personally, I just like to call him BD for Big Dog. BDD is a left-wing political commentator on Twitter, YouTube, and various other social media platforms. His outspoken defiance and often humorous take on the Trump administration have earned him over 1.2 million Twitter followers. Since the riots at the Capitol on January 6th, BDD has used his platform to bring attention to GOP lawmakers like Marjorie Toilet Green, Ted the Jerkoff Cruz, Jimbo Jordan, and Biggs, asking that they face consequences for their actions in connection to the insurrection. In addition, he is keeping watch over Kevin McCarthy and the GOP Congress over what he sees as the far-right hijacking of our legislation and courts to push through a damaging extremist agenda. He calls himself a proud papa who is perpetually pissed. Now, he's a fascinating guy. Believe me, it's not my first time speaking to him. So let's go now to that conversation. All right, so welcome back to the show, Brooklyn Dad Defiant or BDD. But from now on, we're just calling you BD, my man. All right, my man. <laughs> we're calling you BD for Big Dog because that's really that's what you are. You're just a you're, you've just been really fantastic. And I want to jump straight in and say to you, this morning you actually tweeted about new polling numbers that showed a really a surprising result in favor of President Biden. And I say favorable in that the GOP paid for the poll. And you wrote, and I quote, good morning and happy Thursday to everyone (laughs) who is encouraged to see President Biden thumping Trump in a WPA intelligence poll, 47% to 40%. And a humongous, or as Donald would say, a humongous 14% lead amongst independent voters. Now, that's a pretty big deal, considering that Republicans paid for that poll. If you do me the favor, discuss with me and my listeners what this polling data says to you and its implications for 2024. Well, uh, thank you. First of all, thank you for having me back, Michael. It's always uh, great to be here with you. Um, what does it mean? Well, that's only because Joe Biden. It's only because Joe Biden had to cancel. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get him on the show one of these days, I'm sure. Yeah, one. Yeah, sure. Um, 
when I get my pardon from him. <laughs> <laughs> so what? And I'm not going to pay two million dollars to him or to Rudy. But we're going to get into that shit too. Yeah, that's insane. Uh, so I'll tell you what it what it means to me, right? Um, I I think those numbers are intended not so much to give President Biden a boost, as happy as I would be, you know, to uh, acknowledge that it's it's not, I, I you know, I because I'm suspicious of Republicans whenever they do anything, right? Um, I do know that the people that paid for that poll uh, are affiliated with Ron DeSantis. So they are trying to take some of the luster off of his um, he Trump has been steadily leading Ron DeSantis in the polls. And actually, it looks like his his uh, gap has been widening. Um, and so I, I believe in anticipation of uh, of. DeSantis's pending announcement next week. We just heard, I think yesterday or today, that the Wall Street Journal said it looks like DeSantis is going to announce at some point next week. So in in anticipation of that, maybe they want to release this poll and make it look like, hey, you know, you, all you guys are backing Trump, but he is getting his ass handed to him by President Biden. Uh, so maybe that's that's the reason behind the poll. I don't think it's because they they love. Uh, I think these polls personally, I think these polls before they get set out, before they start, they already know what outcome they want from the numbers. And that's how they phrase the questions. And that's, you know, the pool of people they contact. I'm sure of it. So it's more than just that, to be honest with you. And, you know, um, I have a little bit of knowledge in terms of rigging polls. You may remember going back into 2019, right, when um, <laughs> I, at Donald's of insistence in his, uh, for his benefit and at his direction, I brought in a tech company who figured out the algorithm, they broke into the algorithm and they figured out how to ensure out of like 250 different people um, to ensure that Donald was top 10 into it. So I appreciate I have no faith. I appreciate that you keep it real, Michael. I do appreciate that, that you keep that right up front. Thank you for that. Yeah, well, you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> to make a long story short here, I don't have, like you, too much faith in a lot of these polls, especially the ones that you call. Not even I have more faith in the online polls, despite the fact that now we have the problem of bots and bot farms that fuck up the whole thing. Yeah. But... I have more faith in online polls than I do in telephone polls. And let me tell you why. Early, early on in 2015, as Trump was beginning to pick up steam, I remember sitting with Chris Cuomo on set at CNN. They should definitely bring him back, by the way. Um, they, they desperately need him. Um, one of the crazy things is there was a poll that came out. Actually, in fact, it was um, another uh, person over at, um, at CNN that asked me the question about, you know, um, Donald's failing in the polls. And I said, which polls? And she said, all of them. It was, became a famous meme. Uh -huh. And a lot of folks poked fun at me on that. Um, truth be told, I was right. 
The guy ended up winning the election. Like I said, that this poll is bullshit because I knew the poll that she was referring to. And here's the problem. They already know who they're calling in advance. They know who's going to pick up the phone and waste the next 15, 20, 30 minutes talking to a stranger about a series of questions. I mean, these polls, it's not like two, three questions. They ask you a lot of questions. Mm. And if you say yes, they go to the next question. If you say no, they go to the fourth question and so on. Those, those pollsters are bullshit and they already know that they're calling people from a list of Republicans who have voted in the last five elections straight down the line Republican and are likely to vote this way. So out of the thousand people that were in that poll, 800 of them or so said that they would vote for Donald Trump. Well, that's not a proper slice of the United States of America. It's a large slice of data that you have of people who would answer your calls, who you already know are Republican, so they already knew before even speaking to these people right. what the result would be. Yeah. So it was basically worthless. But like you, I am I'm happy to see that Biden is gaining some momentum, uh, you know, amongst registered voters because. Um, According to this poll, he's up six percentage points in a hypothetical matchup between himself and Donald Trump, 44 to 38%. Now, that still leaves a pretty significant number, right? Yeah. You know, it's like 18% you have left um, of independent that you're not sure which way they go, or as Trump liked to call them, the silent majority. Mm -hmm. That 18%, that's the determination of the next presidency of the next election but so far it appears that biden would win um against either trump or desantis uh, i'm i'm glad to see it frankly um I, i'm a little disappointed i'm i'm happy to hear the numbers that you uh quoted i'm disappointed that um president biden actually isn't doing Better. Look, he I know for a fact he hasn't been a perfect president. Nobody is under any um, any illusions about that, you know, but it's done a lot for a guy that they were calling Sleepy Joe. They spent years branding him as Sleepy Joe. Um, the guy has been on the ball and he doesn't have that you know that same executive time that uh Donald Trump had you know <laughs> his schedule was half the day was blocked out for executive time which basically just meant rage tweeting and eating mcdonald's and watching fox news you know this this man is busy passing bills and negotiating and reestablishing our uh leadership on the world stage which is also important you know uh, and all the other things, the uh, infrastructure, you know, you know how significant that infrastructure bill is. Every time I'm driving around and I see uh, people working on the roads, you know, I'm reminded that people are being put back to work. Real people, you know, uh, from the benefit of real funds 
helping to build things up and improve lives of Americans. He should get credit for that because Donald Trump supposedly had infrastructure week every freaking, uh, what was it, every month for four years and nothing ever happened. Yeah, well, he doesn't, President Biden does not get the accolades that he deserves. You know, you, you, I remember sitting with Trump in the Oval Office and we were talking about the difference between a good president and a great president. A good president accomplishes a handful of things during his four-year term. Yeah. A great president accomplishes 10, right? And passes one or two great pieces of legislation. That's the difference between good and great. So let's not forget here, in the first two years, why are we ignoring the Inflation Reduction Act, which Biden signed into law, mm -hmm. lowering health care and drug costs? You know, I can't tell you the number of Americans that are out there that were suffering, suffering because you're paying the bulk of whatever money that you have to live on in order to buy medication that you need to live. And, I and instead... He went, he went right after Can that. Can I jump in here? Because uh, when, when, since course. we're talking about medication, so this is something that um, I have been, uh, I have been promoting and pushing and yelling about in in my tweets uh, frequently about uh, lower prices for medication, uh, specifically uh, uh, for insulin. Right? I just learned about two weeks ago that I have diabetes. Now, I this is Mazel. Mazel I just learned and it was Why what was it, what was your A1C? Uh, oh, it was over 7 and it you know it's supposed to be it, I think it's 7.4. It's, it's supposed to be like 5. Yeah, so it's supposed to be under set I think under 6.9. Yeah. Uh is uh it, but you're you're pre-diabetic. No, no, no. I'm fully full-blown diabetic. Yeah. Um is that so that is that so you could join the rest of the lunch bunch here on Ozempic? <laughs> So, I mean, it's unbelievable. 90% so of Manhattan is on Ozempic. Yeah, so, and they're all walking around. They got Ozempic face, and they've each lost like 30, 40 pounds. So my uh, my doctor thought that Ozempic would be good for me because in addition to the um, in addition to dealing with the uh, ins you know, the the sugar, whatever, uh, it also would have some heart, some uh heart uh um some good heart results as well as I would lose some weight and that would help with the diabetes. But that shit is a thousand dollars a month. I don't know how so many people are able to afford that insurance, yeah, but insurance. So, That's why you have to be qualified in order to get it. So, All right. And I'll tell you something. The bad part is so many people are using it right now for diet purposes, for losing weight, that people who actually need the Ozempic or the other, there's a couple of name brands that are similar. Um, so, they can't even get it. There's a shortage. So, um, so yeah. So as much as I would, would like to, uh, to use that, I can't because I can't afford it. And even with my insurance, um, they wouldn't cover. They they said five hundred dollars for the first month, and then two fifty per month thereafter. I can't afford that shit. So I asked my doctor to prescribe me uh, something similar. So I'm getting something called metformin, 
at a dollar sixty-two. A dollar sixty-two. And that, my friend, that is that lower cost of medication that I can get with. So Yeah, well, let me tell you something. Um, here's a little side bit that you may not be aware of. Metformin is actually also known to prevent Alzheimer's. Really? And that's right. It, yeah, it, it absolutely does. One of, the, one of the things that they found from metformin is that it keeps the brain healthy. It doesn't allow amylase or plaque within which to grow as it normally does with human beings on the brain. And so it helps to um, prevent Alzheimer's. So congratulations. Soon you're going to be skinny and you're going to be more clear <laughs> in your thought process. But let me let me just go on for another. Yeah, it happens to be true. Look it Thank up. Thank you. So Joe Biden, unlike Donald, who doesn't believe in science. And I hate it when people say to me, why are you always shitting on Donald? You know, it's, and so because I'm not the one that got up and turned around and said to the country on television that. Science doesn't really exist. <laughs> and he said that uh, when COVID was happening, climate change, something that Trump doesn't believe in, used to make fun of, uh, what's, what's his name, John Kerry, uh, you know, who was out there uh, talking about climate change all the time. We are, my friends, in a very, very dire situation. We're all worried about whether or not Donald ends up coming back into the White House and what's going to happen to our democracy. We're like five years away from destroying this planet based upon um, the climate change that's going on and that the earth is heating up at a rate that will basically kill the fish. It'll kill much of our, uh, our food and so on. It's damaging the ozone and our oxygen. So while people are ignoring things like climate change, you know who's not? Dark Brandon isn't, that's fucking for sure, because he's out there legitimately fighting climate change and trying to pass significant legislation, you know, to accomplish that. You know, I mean, that's just, that's just two. You have, here's another one. You got Joe Biden 100% wants to see some form of federal gun safety bill. Yep. All right. And- that's a very tough one that's out there. And, you know, where I know that they're trying desperately for a bipartisan, safer, you know, gun, you know, laws and so on, enhancing background checks for, you know, for gun buyers and all sorts of things. But you could only imagine the amount of um, pushback that they're all getting as a result of the NRA. I mean, then you have... Joe Biden as well. And I'm not going to say that Donald didn't try to do this also, because I know for a fact that he did, especially for veterans. He didn't come up with the idea. That was David Shulkin, who is, was the former secretary of the VA, um, investing in mental health. Biden's policy calls for the largest ever national investment in mental health. Let me tell you something. If there is a person in this country that has not been affected in some way, somehow, by the insanity of gun violence and the unnecessary death that is 
resulting from it, you're a very lucky person. Because I don't think there's an American out there that doesn't somehow know someone or have been involved or affected as a direct result of gun violence. And gun violence, as we know, is the number one cause of death of children. Joe Biden went ahead and he's the he's really pushing for mental health because that's what we're finding a lot of these mass shootings. You know, uh, Joe Biden trying to cancel uh, the federal student loan for tens of millions of Americans. You know, a lot of people like that. A lot of people don't like it on both sides, by the Mm -hmm. way. You know, so look, I can go on. There's like 23 of these things. And he doesn't get he doesn't get the credit Mm -hmm. that he should that he should get. In fact, all that people turn around, BD, all they do is turn around and say, yeah, but he's really old. You know, doesn't he look old to you? Doesn't he look feeble? You know, I, I heard someone say this. I got so fucking pissed last night. We're out for dinner. This friend of mine, and God bless him. You know, he's, he's, he's a Democrat, but he's no Joe Biden fan. And he turned around and said, did you see Joe Biden speaking to the Japanese prime minister? He goes, did you understand the word that came out of his mouth? He goes, and so what do you give a shit? He smiled. The Japanese prime minister smiled. Everyone fucking smiled. What are you worrying about? Because he's not Donald sitting there, you know, turning around, telling the guy that I could destroy your country. I could take you over in 24 hours if I want. I don't understand people. Yeah. Yeah. I think people put way too much on, uh, um, superficial appearances and by the way if we're we're going to talk about superficial appearances uh president biden does appear to be in much better shape than donald trump he's you know he's he's uh he's rail thin he bicycles you know i think if he were to take him you know behind the the uh the woodshed uh i think he'd teach him a lesson or two (laughs) You know, old school. Well, look, Donald has never had a fight in his life, so that's not a fair analysis. But you do have to admit that if you put the two of them standing next to each other side by side, Donald is like, um, you know, like he just inhaled, you know, a bag of speed, whereas <laughs> Biden is lethargic. It, it Look, you, we have to be honest with ourselves when it comes to this because appearances matter. Yeah. And... You know, if that requires he gets a B12 injection or a B6 injection, whichever one will give you a little bit of energy, knock yourself out. But it's not stopping him from accomplishing things for America. And I want people to remember this. Whatever Donald accomplished, and I'm not sure what it is, but whatever it is, it didn't benefit the average American. It ban- it only benefited that top tenth of 1%, the people that basically gave him millions of dollars. Now, let me ask you this, BD. So say, and I want everyone to remember, while this is Brooklyn Dad Defiant, BDD, he's big dog to us here on Mea Culpa. All right? So, BD, say it came to pass that President Biden was not going to seek re-election. Who in the Democratic Party has the chops and the appeal to take on Trump? I mean, is there anyone that you like on the bench and if so, why? Um, honestly? Uh, yeah. 
The no, do a Donald. Didn't lie to me. <laughs> nope. I mean, <laughs> people have been talking about uh, Gavin Newsom as being the most prominent um, ex- chief executive in the com- in, in the country. He he runs California, which is like the world's fifth largest economy. Uh, I've heard people talking about J.B. Pritzker. I don't know much about him. He's the dude in uh, Illinois. I think he's the uh, governor of Illinois. Am I right? Governor of Illinois. He's actually a good guy. I've met him uh, a handful of times. Yeah. So those those are two off the top of my head. But on and also, um, not for nothing, Pete Buttigieg is probably the smartest guy in the room. Per- perfectly honest, smartest guy in the room. He was under some scrutiny when we were seeing some train derailments and people were uh, criticizing his job performance based on that. But I think those train derailments were more. Um, an effect of, you know, regulations that were rolled back by the Trump administration coming back to bite us now when, you know, when we weren't prepared for it. I think I think he's prepared for it and the Transportation Department is prepared for it now, but doesn't negate the fact that it happened. And at the time, it did not appear as though Buttigieg had a timely response to that, you know, as far as the media, how the media was was. Uh, covering it. But I think Buttigieg, again, I'm going to say it again, smartest guy in the room. I love when he goes on Fox News and and schools them. So that's my short list, I think, for the three people who have a, a legit shot if it were not um, President Biden. Look, I'm going to tell you, I, I did something a couple of days ago <clears> on Twitter. <throat> I was so sick and tired of listening to people criticizing Joe Biden. I happen to be a fan of what he's doing. Now, I want to be clear about this. That doesn't mean that I agree with everything that, you know, um, that he's doing or everything that he says. I don't. But I like what he's doing for the most part. And I like the fact that he cares about America and he cares about where America is going to be five years from now, 10 years, 20 years. And I'm referring to things like Roe v. Wade. I'm talking about things like civil rights. I'm talking about, you know, all the things that make America, America. Mm -hmm. So I put out a poll. Should I run for the presidency of the United States of America in 2024 against Joe Biden? Because personally... I don't think that there could be a more epic debate than me versus Donald Trump on that stage. (laughs) That would be the kind of shit that you would pay, right, to watch. I mean, that should go behind a paywall or it should be on, you know, a pay-per-view because that would be epic. That has never been seen anything like that before. And a lot of people felt exactly the same, you know, the same way. But... 80% of the people said no. 20% of the people said yes. That's a lot of people saying yes. You know, people like, ah, you see, you you know, do what Elon Musk did. Now just don't do it because you're going to separate the party. You know, you could end up handing Trump as a spoiler, like what Nader did years ago. Um, You know, you could become a spoiler in the upcoming election. Um, I'm going to tell you something between you and me and all of my listeners here. I'm not ruling it out, all right? If there's an opportunity and Biden may not run, 
I, I'm, I'm going to sit there. I'm going to be sitting on those sidelines. And I really mean it. And people could say to me, yeah, but didn't you plead guilty? And so, first of all, the truth will ultimately come out because I'll just put it up online. Every single deposit, I'll just put it online to show what the DOJ did under the direction of the guy who I'm going to be on the debate stage against. By the way, it wouldn't stop me from walking over and kicking him square in his diaper. I'll be honest with you, right? Could you imagine all of a sudden you see the urine dripping right down the side of his leg because that shit's full? Nah, I'm not taking that bullshit like the way Caitlin Collins sort of tried to respectfully handle it. Was it was a disgrace. I don't give a fuck. I thought it was a disgrace. All right? And what was a disgrace is that CNN actually allowed them to fill up that room and applaud when he attacked her. Oh, you're a nasty person or talking about, you know, Roe v. Wade and women's rights and all that other shit. Mike, Michael, but, they gave the um, audience. I'm not sure. Ju- First of all, I like your three picks. Oh. I do. And... I would like for you to consider me too. Okay. <laughs> sure thing. But this is, again, this is only under the inst- uh, circumstance that um, that President Biden is not running. Yeah? Correct. Okay, yeah. Because there's a guy, you know, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who's running. He's uh, running as I've a I've had Democrat. him on this program. Did you? Yes. What did you think? Not much. Not much. Nice guy. Don't get me wrong. I don't agree with almost anything that comes out of his mouth. Um, I, I just I just don't. He has zero shot. He doesn't even have a shot to be a spoiler. Why is he running? Right. I mean, it reminds me so much of like succession where, you know, Connor decided that he was going to oh, run. Oh, yeah. He's and, got the you know, 1%. And at the end, he gets something like he gets he gets a tenth of 1%. Yeah. That's not a spoiler in this case and so on. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, while he's got the name recognition, he's got, he doesn't have the gumption. He doesn't have the microphone. Uh, you would think that he would based upon the name, but he does not. He's, he'd be smart and then just bail out, maybe take a position down the road as ambassador or something. Well, but I, I understand you know, he's, he's got no he's shot. He's an anti-vaxxer and he's been seeing uh, cavorting with the likes of Mike Flynn and lots of other far right wing uh personalities and that you know that that's a big red flag to me so um and it and it is to anybody who has a d next to their you know voting uh you know on their voting card uh i mean he's what he's um you know he's a dino right a democrat in name only can i I tell Uh, you this you know for for this and he's trying to spoil can i tell you this michael back in the day when i was um I was a young 24, 25-year-old. I was in college. You know, I went to college late uh, and uh, writing for a school newspaper. And I actually supported Ross Perot. I I believed I didn't like Clinton at the time. I was an independent, actually. I used to be an independent back in the 90s. Uh, I didn't like Bill Clinton and I didn't like Bob Dole. And I was like, you know what? We need a legit third party, something to keep both of the other parties honest, right? So that they can't just, so we're not having to choose between the lesser of two evils. And so, I don't know, 25, 28 years later, um, we're still basically in the same, the same place where there will never be a third party. 
Yeah, you know, I, no I love third. it when I've had, I remember years and years ago when I was in college from 84 to 88, it was a topic that we used to talk about. I, you know, I was in the school of law and government and I remember sitting and having the same conversation about, you know, we need a third party. First of all, never going to happen. The Republican Party won't allow it. Democratic Party won't allow it. And while people can keep an eye on their, you know, on their voter registration so that they can determine which person that they want. And you should be entitled to do that, right? I mean, you don't, as far as I'm concerned, there doesn't need to be Republican and Democratic affiliations. They just do that for money-raising purposes. But there'll never be a third because that third will always be the spoiler. I mean, it's never going to be where it's three equal. If there was somebody that was fantastic, right? I mean, you know, you see it when there's a handful of members of Congress who are independents mm -hmm. um, because they're really good and their state likes them. And so will that ever happen on a national scale? No. Now, if I can, I just want to switch gears for a quick second. Sure. And I want to talk to you about this shocking new, and I shouldn't say it's shocking because it's really not shocking. This new Rudy Colludi drunken Giuliani oh lawsuit that accuses him of first degree rape and all manner of perversions and assaults. I'm talking about the lawsuit that was brought by Noel Dunphy, yeah. right, who was his assistant. Allegedly, there are tapes. If she has tapes to prove some of these allegations, these accusations, I mean, Rudy will be going to prison for a very long time. Yeah. And people continue to shake their heads and say, I just can't believe it. I mean, that this Rudy is so different than the one that we used to refer to as America's mayor. When I used to watch Kaludi walking down Madison Avenue or in Fresco, the restaurant, right, or just meandering around, the praise, the accolades that this guy used to get, people would want to come over and, and take photos with him and shake his hand and thank him for everything that they do. Now, he's another one that you want to kick in the diaper. <laughs> I mean, it makes no sense. I mean, in my mind, Kaludi, I mean, he lost that distinction years ago. Yeah. Now he's like the personification of what's become monstrous in the GOP. They are... All a bunch of fucking perverts and animals that like to deflect and say, oh, look at the Democrats. Look at the Democrats. No, my friends, this is the GOP. They're not the ones that are Venmoing their friends for underage sex trafficking. They're not the ones that are being charged with first degree rape and assaults and sexual improprieties and so on. Do me a favor. Discuss this with me and my listeners. Um I never liked Rudy. I never did. Um, back when when he was uh, he was legislating against the, uh, the the very common crimes of you know uh, uh, people street vendors selling their wares on the street. Like he they made that a big uh, priority to to address. You know as as. Uh, attacking crime we we thought he was an asshole and under his lead that was when abner luima i don't know if you remember him oh i remember abner luima Amadou diallo um was the one who Absolutely. got shot like 41 times or 19 times uh abner luima yep. was the one 
who heard. Who's the one that was raped with the broomstick? And they said yes. something like Giuliani time before they. It was a plunger, I think they used. Yeah. So anyway, um, Rudy sullied his own reputation because he basically he set his own um, he set his own reputation back to nil. You know, he got he got like a his career got a a fresh boost of respect on 9-11, you know, and, you know, mm -hmm. left or right, he he came out on 9-11 and he showed leadership at a time when a lot of people were frightened and confused and angry and scared. And he just he, he came out and uh, and led the way and he showed uh, courage and determination. So yeah, he I give him his props for what he did on 9-11, just for having balls to be a leader, you know, and he should not have wandered straight so far from the prestige that he uh gained himself. But you know how they say absolute power corrupts absolutely. So his proximity to Trump, um, I think corrupted him. You know, all of all of the all of the accolades and all of the attention that suddenly came his way as being, you know, part of Trump's like closely knit inner circle. I think it went to his head, you know, and he slowly began to unravel and, and believe his own, his own bullshit or whatever. But the, the stuff I heard about, if all that stuff is true, what Noel Dunphy said, it's horrendous. And he does deserve to go away to jail for the rest of his miserable Let life. Let me tell you something. Those claims don't make you popular, right? In prison. Uh, in any prison, yeah. including whether you're in the you know a satellite camp, right, which is the lowest level. That sort of shit doesn't go over well at all, you know, and. He'll be popular, but he'll be popular as a punching bag. <laughs> that I can tell you for sure. And I will tell you, I'm going to add to the fact that, yes, the absolute power corrupts absolutely. But in Rudy's case, I think it was more financial. This gave him the ability, through his Giuliani partners or whatnot, in order to show the proximity to the president and financially benefit mm. from it. Because this lawsuit also goes into the selling of pardons. Oh, shit. I mean, yeah, yeah. my friends, we have to scratch our fucking heads, not once, not twice, but three times, and say, is this for real? That now they were selling pardons? Yeah. According to, there's so many now reports on this. And if she's got the goods on this shit too, where Rudy allegedly told her that, you know, she should go out and find people who are looking for pardons, and if so, to bring them to him, but make sure that these people haven't put in papers because then there would be the ability to trace it back due to FOIA, which I also say good fucking luck. I'm fighting with FOIA for two and a half years now to get one single piece of paper mm. out of 480,000, and I still can't get one. Wow. Uh, yeah, and the only thing that's surprising to me about that... Um the selling of pardons is how unsurprised I was to hear that. Like it was completely unsurprised. That was the least surprising thing. Actually, the other accusations, you know, I knew he was, I knew he was a weird bird, but I didn't think he was that, you know, deranged that that's sick. 
that disgusting. I really didn't. I didn't give him. What, did you not see the movie Borat? I, the latest, um, <laughs> was Sasha Baron Cohen movie? I, the guy's <laughs> pants are open. There's a young girl that's there. You know. But to be fair, to be I know fair, that she kind of Borat is is funny. She kind of tricked him. She, yeah. she tricked him into doing that. Let me tell you something. No, 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 no. That's bullshit. You know, nobody's tricking you to take your pants off during an interview. And, you know, he's playing that whole... Many people will hit on you. That doesn't mean that you're dropping your pants. All right? I mean, especially, you know, especially if you're Rudy Giuliani. Right? Have some seichel. Show some smarts. Right? That, I mean, really? Yeah. I mean, that's what you're going to do? Eh. I don't I, look. I think he's a moron. This is the same. I think this, he's a piece of he's shit. He's the same guy who uh, arranged to have a press conference. <laughs> Four seasons total right. landscaping. That that will never not be funny to me. <laughs> In front of a sex shop, right? In front of a sex shop. Oh god! And, a, and I think a morgue. So let me then ask you this. Yeah. As Fox News cleans house over the Dominion lawsuit, and now we know that they got the Smartmatic breathing, you know, down their neck as well. Yep. Fucker Carlson, right, was the first one to be shit canned. Mm -hmm. Kicked, they kicked his ass right out the door, right, with one of those sayings, "Don't let the Lord, don't let the door hit you," the where Lord the good Lord you. split yeah. you. Exactly. Do you see a case to be made by Fox to do the same thing? to Sean Hannity. And there's a lot of speculation that was going on. I believe it was on Drudge that Laura Ingraham was next, but then Fox came out and said no. Or do you think that Hannity is sacrosanct, uh, you know, as the face of Fox News? I think they've, they've, already, um, they, they've already let go of their biggest... Uh, money cow in letting go of Tucker Carlson. I think if they were lit to let go of Sean Hannity, that might be the end of Fox News. That, that would be the end because their, their, their audience dropped uh, precipitously since uh, they let go of Tucker. I don't think they, they survived letting go of Hannity because it will appear to their audience, to conservatives, that they are folding, that they are they're giving in, they're giving in to the woke mob, so to speak. You know that they they were doing it for appearances, yeah. um, and and betraying their audience. They won't survive that. They wouldn't. Nope. Well, a lot of people are saying the same thing now about CNN post the town hall. They're calling for Chris Lick to resign. Right, he's the new CEO that took over for Jeff Zucker. Uh, who, by coincidence, I bumped into the other day on the street. Uh, nice to see him. I got to tell you, uh, I have no problem with the town hall. I have no problem with Donald Trump being invited on CNN for a town hall. And I thought Caitlin Collins did as good a job as possible. Though, you know, with Donald, I hate to say it, you have to be a little meaner and a little tougher and not so respectful. But the part that offended me about that town hall was the fact that they allowed the team Trump to fill the audience yeah. with their people. And when he rudely stared around and said, you're just a nasty person, and the crowd jumped up, applauded for him, or, question that I'm going to now raise to you, that disgusting brag that he killed Roe v. Wade. See, that shit, and 
he got standing ovation, mm-hmm. right? It seemed to be strategic in his need to shore up support with the evangelical community who right now believe him to be soft on abortion and not a true believer. Look, they don't, they don't see Donald as being a righteous man. And many of them, because I brought most of these evangelicals to him through my National Diversity Coalition and my relationship that exists still to this day with Jerry and Becky Falwell. Mm. All right. I'm the one that brought him into that into that whole group, though he always had Paul the White and a, and a handful of others. So I shouldn't say I was the only one, but I was a major player in that. None of them ever believed him to be a good person. None of them ever believed that he was a righteous person. Married three times, girlfriends, this, that, right? Um, But he was their piece of shit. He was going to be the guy that was going to bring to them what they have wanted for the last 50 years. And that is the overturning of Roe v. Wade and canceling out a woman's right to choose. Canceling out abortion because of their theocracy, right? What do you see happening here? I mean, is he, is Donald talking to evangelicals who are walking away from him to endorse DeSantis? Or is, or, I mean, is this just another tone deaf brag, stupid comment from the former asshole in chief? Uh, I, I think he is doing that to reestablish his, uh, his conservative bona fides, you know. Um, I, I understand that Ron DeSantis's plan is to run to the right of Donald Trump. So at at which point uh, Trump is is basically reminding them that he's the one who put three uh, conservative Supreme Court justices uh, in the Supreme Court, uh, and that mm-hmm. was what helped him to uh, kill. Roe v. Wade. And so that that is no small feat. And people are going to to remember that. So that's that's why he said that. And I agree with you. I, I thought it was disgusting. And I think um, I think women across the country really ought to make whoever the Republican nominees are nominees, because I'm not just talking about the presidential contest. 2024 is huge. Right. You know, it's huge in a national sense and it's huge in a local sense at the state and local level. We have to turn out in droves and not just talk a good game, but like walk the walk like the Republicans have kind of had a leg up on us for a while on the local tip. And that's really that's where um, politics are won and lost at the local level. So. Um, we've got to get out there and elect uh, city council members, you know, and people on school boards. You know, the school boards apparently are like now like the the new power uh, center, you know, because that's where that's where you're connecting with parents and the parents who go out and vote for whatever party. And they're setting um, they're they're helping to set legislation that is affecting our kids. So, yeah, uh, long story short, we have to utilize uh, Donald Trump's brag as uh, like a galvanize, a way to galvanize um, our side and make sure women and make sure Gen Z and make sure um, allies of uh, 
of the the women's rights movement uh, stand up and be counted when when it counts? I mean, I believe I don't believe that there should be a single woman. I don't care. Republican, Democrat, independent. Not one woman should vote for a Republican until they turn around and they repeal uh, their Dobbs decision Mm -hmm. and make Roe the law of the land, make it the stare decisis that the Supreme Court, the new Supreme Court members have all stated that they would honor and respect. Mm -hmm. And again, I'm referring to the stare decisis of Roe v. Wade. On top of that, this is not a woman's issue. This is a man's issue too. For us not to stand up and to defend a woman's right to choose her own reproductive decision, what fucking year are we living mm-hmm. in? Because I know I'm living in 2023. Right. And bullshit, if I'm going to allow my daughter to have less rights than my wife, right, than her grandparents, yeah. her grandmothers, and her great-grandmothers, mm-hmm. that's bullshit, all right? And every man out there should be standing up for the, a woman that they love. I don't care if it's a daughter, a mom, a sister, a niece, a cousin, a neighbor, it makes no difference. It's bullshit. They know it, but it's their the- it's the other side's theocracy. And you know what? I'll tell you what. When God comes down from the heavens and tells me that I I want the Dobbs decision to stand, yeah, then I'll accept it. Otherwise, it's your interpretation. Mm-hmm. And I'm not interested in your interpretation. First of all, different religion. So you knock yourself out. Now, I want to just go into something else for a quick second here. Because yesterday, you tweeted out something that really made me fucking laugh. I got to be honest, and I, I want to thank you for that. Because yesterday was a tough day for oh. me. Not only did I have, you know, our, my lawyers in Florida had a meet and confer with Trump's attorney in that $500 million ridiculous lawsuit to set up discovery. But I also had a required non-binding mediation for my upcoming trial against Trump for legal fees. Mm. So I kind of thank you because I did need a good laugh. And you tweeted out, and I'm going to quote here, why does Ron DeSantis always laugh like a space alien pretending to be human? Or a doctor told him to open wide and say, (laughs) ah. Now, I want you to know my father was an otolaryngologist. He's an ears, nose, and throat doctor. So I remember every time we had a tonsillitis, he'd come with a little tongue depressor, say, ah. So it really made me, I mean, it really made me laugh, right? Because I don't know how this guy has risen to a place of national prominence. He's so fucking awkward and weird, and he's aggressive all at the same time, but not in a way that's personable. Look, I mean, I've heard rumblings that he's flailing on the campaign trail, that his retail retail political skills are abysmal. Mm. What's the appeal of this guy to the average conservative voter? You see, I get Trump. I really do. And I think my listeners do also. I think we get his appeal to the conservative voters that are his 28% Locked and loaded base. He, he appeals to their ugliest and worst impulse. All right? That we all know. But DeSantis is Trump without being Trump. Right? Or is that right that 
he does have some sort of an appeal, and I'm just missing it. What's your opinion? Uh, I'll, I'll tell you this. So DeSantis, uh, like he he made a name for himself basically by mirroring Donald Trump by you know the same mannerisms, the accordion hands and gestures. Uh, but here's the thing: you never or hardly ever see Donald Trump laugh like a good hearty laugh so he didn't have that <laughs> he didn't have that to to mimic you know so he's just kind of coming from i don't know some kind of weird psychotic place that you know or that that he doesn't have a, a laugh of his own so if you look at some of those pictures the mouth is wide open the eyes are not smiling um with that said he i i i really uh distrust Ron DeSantis and his whole shtick, his whole um uh don't uh the the anti-woke nonsense is is like a joke at this point. He'll go he'll give a speech and he'll say the word woke about 30 times in the span of two minutes. Yeah. Um so yeah it is a joke and it's not a it's not a surprise that he is flailing but um People and apparently people like him because he's Trump light, you know, without the uh, I don't know, without the mean tweets, without the uh, the disgusting like, you know, he's only I guess he's only been married one time. Uh, you know, he seems to be somewhat of a, a family man. You know, uh, if if I were to say something nice about him, I would say that he does seem to. Uh, genuinely love his his wife who wears uh, princess capes wherever she goes uh, but he loves her he loves his kids so that's something nice about him and when he speaks and he's not doing his crazy trump thing um when he talks about like giving parents uh choice right i know what the hell he's really saying he's he's talking about uh He's talking about eliminating the rights of of LGBTQ people. He's talking about erasing black history. He's talking about doing those things, but he's translating it to, um, I don't know, white moms and dads in Florida as white nationalism. Yeah, as, it's white nationalism. We want you white privilege, white pride. I mean, you know, one thing, BD, that you actually forgot there, he's also he's also trying to erase the Holocaust. It's it's disappointing. It was very, very disappointing when uh, there was one uh, span of time where there was a lot of Nazi activity in Florida and he didn't speak out against any of it. And it's, you know, people say, oh, you know, he can't uh, he can't denigrate members of his own base but actually yeah you shouldn't even want that element in your base if if democrats had some uh nazi elements saying we're democrats we would reject the hell out of them and say nope we don't want you nope <laughs> go join the other side i'd rather lose I'll without make- your vote <laughs> v- without your vote than win with your vote yeah i'll make that part of my uh campaign you you know, promises, that. right? That I will not allow <laughs> white nationalists to join my campaign, yeah. right? I mean, how crazy it's just, you know, one of the things I also wanted, I wanted to go back to is the whole, you know, um, attack on women's reproductive rights and so on. North Carolina, GOP, right? They voted to override the governor's veto 
of a 12-week abortion yep. ban, making it. I mean, seriously, this is so crazy. Making North Carolina one of the most restrictive states in the nation. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you this, then, right? How fearful are you? of this assault on women's bodies by the far right. And at the same time, do you think that this will, that, do you think that this is on the, the ballot when it comes to 2024? I, and you think this is what's maybe helping Democrats right I, now? I think Republicans uh, did not learn the lesson of 2022 that they should have. You know, when people came out in droves uh, for Kansas, Kansas of all places, they weren't paying attention. You know, uh, so you know, it is concerning, you know, it, without a doubt to see these states systematically one after the other come out and create their own anti-abortion laws, you know, in their little fiefdoms uh, and limiting access for uh, women in their states. Uh, it, it's worrisome. And the only thing I can say is we really need to. Uh, galvanize people on our side, not even just people on our side, but, you know, as you said earlier, uh, women that are Republicans, they should come out too and reject any politician who supports limiting their choices as women, uh, limiting their ability to, uh, to, to have a say in their own bodily autonomy. It's ludicrous. It's ludicrous to me. Like, you know, I tweet every now and then, ban Viagra. And of course, you know, I'll get all of the right wing trolls on that tweet. But yeah, like if if you're pissed about me saying that you shouldn't have a right to um, have access to a pill that will affect your body, then you're halfway there to understanding why the anti-abortion laws are so fucked up, why um, the whole uh controversy behind mifepristone the the abortion pill that mm -hmm. should go away there shouldn't even be a question it's been in in use for over 20 years now well why don't they then get rid of why don't they then get rid of um condoms yeah. right at the same time yeah. i mean it's you know at how far are they going to take it truth be told nobody knows but while we're also dealing with this bullshit we're in the process right now of potentially defaulting on our on our debt because the Republicans and Donald said it at that town hall. He actually wants to see the entire country burned down so that he can get up onto his podium, his little soapbox, right, and claim that he, only he, that he and only he can fix it. Yeah. All right. Which is bullshit because he can't fix shit. And he proved that he can't. But you have Kevin McCarthy now wants to institute this, again, another nonsensical thing. He wants to institute work requirements for people to be able to receive their Social Security, yep. their Medicare, Medicaid, SNAP benefits in exchange for not crashing the global economy. I mean, I don't understand what these people are doing. So if you would. Explain to my listeners what the fuck the GOP is trying to do to the average working American and why they continue to hold the economy hostage with these tactics, especially as we're going into an election cycle. I, I wish I could make it make sense, you know, because a reasonable person would not take something that should be as sacrosanct as uh, 
social security benefits, the whole concept of, you know, I've been working my whole life. Uh, I, you've been taking money out of my check, putting it into a, a account for me so that when I get old and cannot work anymore, then that's there for me. So, but now you're saying that in order to get that benefit, I have to keep working my rickety ass until I just can't anymore. It's ludicrous. It's it, it it's obscene. Um, so it what what bothers me is that when when we when there's a, a Republican president in office, Democrats do not hold the economy hostage. Um, you know, we approved the budgets while Trump was in office and we had the uh, we had the majority we raised the debt ceiling three times. Yeah. We raised the debt ceiling three times while the Democrats held the majority. Yeah. That's it right. It shouldn't it shouldn't be uh, this should never, ever be an issue up for debate. You spent the money. You pay you pay for it. It's that simple. You know, don't use it as a way to negotiate some kind of concessions. That's bullshit. If you want to negotiate, do it without putting holding the economy hostage. And Mitch McConnell, I don't I don't understand how this fucker is still in office. Uh, the other day he mm. said um, it's a hostage worth taking. So even even this, the so-called, you know, the, even the, the less extremely crazy people in the Republican Party are on board with this thing. So um, we we have to make noise and make sure that uh, Republicans pay the price in 2024 because they are literally just writing all of these uh, campaign ads with their nonsense. What What are they accomplishing other than showing that they don't give a shit about anybody unless they are a millionaire or a billionaire in America? If you're not one of those two, you know, good luck. You know, go fuck yourself because we only care about these people who are wealthy donors, uh, and that's it. Yep. Nobody else. Yeah. Well, look, the way I see it, I think this whole concept of this bullshit, fake MAGA advantage and this GOP, and so at, whether it's federal, state, local levels, I see the whole thing is beginning to crumble. All right. I really do. Let me give you a quick example because the hour goes by quick and right in Colorado Springs, a traditionally conservative bastion voters elected that guy, Yemi, um, Mobilati. Yep. And in Tallahassee, Florida, voters elected Donna Deegan over the, um, what the fuck was this guy? A DeSantis back candidate. Yep. I forget. His, I forget the name, right? What this tells me is that they've had enough and that, the average American, the majority of Americans are seeing through the bullshit and have had enough. All right. Do you think that it's a fluke of demographics or do you think it's a sign of something much larger uh, and something that will ultimately affect 2024? I, I definitely don't, don't think it's a fluke. I, I think uh, I think Republicans are making their bed and they have to and they have to lie in it. Uh, they, they made a mess out of that bed. Uh, they are showing the American public uh, that they are irresponsible, 
and that they do not deserve to to legislate. They do not deserve to govern. They are not the serious. They are not serious people. They are not the adults in the room. And until until they start demonstrating otherwise, I think we're going to see more and more results like that at the box office. I don't think it's a fluke at all. I think uh, I think it's a trend, and um, I look forward to seeing that come to fruition. I'm going to knock on wood now that I've said that. Yeah. Well, we've already seen that. I mean, we've seen it literally. From 2016 on, I'm sorry, because before I forget, like this is a continuation of the trend from 2022. I almost forgot that Joe Biden and the Democrats should have lost way more seats in in the House than they did. It really was supposed to be a red wave. A massive red wave. And it wasn't. It wasn't. Like, this was actually, even though we lost some seats and we lost the House, it was still considered a success. I mean, look at how many seats President Obama, one of the most popular presidents in history, he lost a shit ton of seats uh, in his first term. So, yeah, this is a trend. Well, BDD, let me thank you, my brother. It is always great to see you. You stay safe. Knock off the sugar, my friend. Um, do the little research on that metformin. All right. Uh, you'll be smarter and you'll, yeah, there's a lot of benefits there. Uh, I have no idea if it does anything for your weight, but you stay safe, my friend. I will have you back because none of this bullshit is going away. Not with Marjorie Toilet Green, with her stupidity now, not with, you know, uh, a handful of, you know, of these crazy you know, Republicans, the George Santos or Anthony DeVolder, whatever he calls himself today. I mean, it's absolutely out of control. Love to have you back. Thank you for your time, your insight and your friendship. I'll see you very soon. Uh, thanks again for having me back, Michael. Uh, it, was, it was a pleasure. This hour like flew by and there were so many things to discuss. Every time you asked me a question, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, that's going to do crazy. I can't wait to be back. You will be. Thank you, my brother. And now for today's mea culpa. In thinking about these sham investigations by both Jim Jordan and Ted Cruz, it's obvious that the chickens have come home to roost in a major way. In the case of Jim Jordan, his ability to hold these whistleblower hearings is frankly dangerous and that it gives further credence to the conspiratorial thinking of the far right. Jordan believes that if he's on television and raising his whiny voice, that he's somehow fucking the moral right. But all he's doing is further eroding whatever sanctity remained of congressional oversight and furthering the frightening divisions in this country. Now, in the case of the jerk-off Ted Cruz, I mean, the man is just an asshole. He's just a fucking asshole. But you know what? Worse than that, he's a dangerous fucking asshole. By holding these Bud Light hearings, he is continuing to deny people like Dylan basic humanity and creating an environment for all trans people where they don't belong in our society. And never mind the fact that it's a waste of fucking time and taxpayer dollars. I mean, this country has serious issues. Kevin McCarthy is holding our economy hostage over the debt ceiling. And people are still being murdered weekly in mass shootings. 
The opioid epidemic just returned its worst numbers yet. Over 100,000 people died of overdoses in 2022. Now I gotta say that again. Over 100,000 people died in overdoses in 2022. And all that these two fucking assholes care about is interfering with trans people. I mean, what? Fentanyl is now the leading cause of death for adults between the ages of 18 to 45. But none of this matters because the trans woman holding up a can of Bud Light is causing men like Ted Cruz to doubt their own masculinity. Now it shouldn't be Dylan that doubts Ted Cruz's own masculinity. I'm sure his wife does too. So what's the matter, Ted? Are you afraid that we'll all turn trans if you drink a beer? So get a fucking grip, you moron. All right, enough is enough. Do what you were hired to do. Do what you're being paid to do. And that's to legislate, not about beer hearings, not about trans people. Let's fix the debt ceiling. Let's work on gun legislation. Let's work on everything else, the opioid epidemic, the number of people that are dying daily from overdoses. Let's worry about our education, not this, you stupid asshole. And most importantly, thanks for listening. Mea Culpa is brought to you by Audio Up, Midas Touch, and LSJ Media. Written by Jimmy Jelinek, our editor and managing producer is Lisa Orkin. Our executive producers are Jared Gustat, Jimmy Jelinek, and myself, Michael Cohen, along with Phil Alberstadt. It may be a new day politically, but nowadays the landscape is more confusing than ever. Donald Trump may have lost the battle for the presidency, but in many ways, Trumpism is still winning the war on the state and local level. Maya Culpa is here to help guide you through the wilderness and keep you informed. And let's face it, we all want Trump, Rudy, and the rest of these seditious traitors to see justice. And folks, I promise you, it's coming. So stay tuned as I guide you through the twists and turns of the criminal process that will ultimately see them behind bars. Maya Culpa, nothing but the truth. 